Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season two. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season two, episode seven, They're Everywhere. It originally aired on November 18th, 1999 and had 6.64 million viewers. So this episode starts out in a museum and we see this tour guide telling a group about the Akashic Records, which is a written account of all significant events throughout time, including the future. He brings them a tablet uh, found off the Ivory Coast that is supposedly a map to the records, but is in a lost language. And there's a guy who is Misha Collins, this actor that we know from another show we love, standing by the map with a notebook. And he says, my God, that's it, and leaves. And this guy with dark brown hair is watching him do all of this. Yes. So two quick notes. Number one, very excited to see Misha Collins. I always think of this episode as the Misha Collins episode. So like, <laughs> I'll start with that. Um, also, it really bothers me that the dark haired guy never gets a name in the entire episode. So as I was writing the notes, I'm just like guy with dark hair because I didn't know how else to describe him. Oh my God, I didn't even realize. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have a name. Wow. Yeah, he, he's just like, the guy with dark hair so yeah. you'll notice that in the notes all throughout that's how he's going to be referred to yeah that's whatever. how we're going to be referring to him the whole time oh my god yeah i'm like you said very excited because i love misha collins too one yeah. of my favorites so to have them in this show absolutely love it yeah um, i love seeing people who are like early in their careers appear in this show which like this won't be the only time it ever happens yeah, I know. I I agree. It's very exciting. And I, it's so weird because they're all like in shows from around that time too, mm-hmm. where we see a lot of them. And it just like all from uh, Earth Supernatural. Is that a CW show? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're all in the same kind of loop. And I, yeah, it makes Definitely. me happy. But otherwise, I know, you know, we're off to a cool start. I like this Akashic Records thing that Mm -hmm. they're including here. I mean, I don't know if you know, but it is like a real like thing that's like, it exists. Right. Like it exists. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I didn't know that. There's this show on Netflix. It's called Unexplained. And um, William Shatner like does like the narration or whatever for it. And they go through like all these unexplained and I'm surprised that I mean maybe it does in a later episode that I haven't gotten to yet but they go through like all these mysteries throughout time and I wish like the Akashic Records were in it because I'd actually like to learn more about them. Oh yeah it's not. You know what I wonder too is the map for it actually in San Francisco? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't do that much research, I'll be honest with you. All I uh-huh. did was I looked up to see if it was a real thing or not, and it said it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's all you needed. Yeah, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> yeah. So obviously we can tell by his reaction in this scene that he seems to have figured out the uh, lost language. 
Yeah, exactly. Which makes me interested to, you know, find out what we're going to find out about his character, what his background is, all of that. And of course, who the dark haired guy is and what he has to do with all of this. Great. So then from there, we move to the Bay Ridge Convalescent Hospital. And Misha Collins is there. He's sitting with his father, who is a patient. And he says, I cracked it, Dad. The rest of the map, it was a transposition sequence, just like you said. Now they're going to come after me, just like they came after you. But I'm going to be ready for them, Dad. And that's when we see Phoebe walk in with flowers. And her and Misha Collins say hi to each other. And, you know, he's thanking her for always keeping his dad's room so cheerful. And she says, oh, don't mention it. I mean, for all we know, he knows they're here too, right? Isn't that why you keep talking to him? And that's when a doctor walks in and asks to speak to Eric, which we find out is Misha Collins' name, alone. And Phoebe leaves the room after she, like, kind of takes the hint that they're telling her to go away. <laughs> um, and then he tells Dr. Stone that he's not moving his father. And the doctor's like, it's been six, six weeks, nothing's going to happen. And the two start arguing with each other, and eventually Eric leaves the room. And after we he does, we see the doctor blink out, so we know that the doctor is a warlock. Mm-hmm. Blinking is becoming... You know, like it's it's happening a lot more now than it was, you know? Yeah. Even though like, it was supposed to be a witch's trait. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely seeing it now develop as very much an evil power. That's been made clear this season. Yeah. And we're going to see more and more characters using these more like teleportation character, um, I mean, powers. I feel like in season one, we really did not see many characters who could teleport. Like it would happen every once in a while, but now we're seeing it very, very frequently, which is interesting to me. Yeah, they've kind of, they're starting to perfect it, you know? Yeah, I guess they realized that it like makes the show flow much easier if we don't have to constantly watch people driving places in cars. Yeah, yeah, definitely makes sense. And it's cool to see, it makes me jealous. It's like the one thing I've always wished I could do is teleport places. And just oh, me too. Easily be there. So, <laughs> definitely. So, what's going on with Phoebe and Eric seems cute. Um, I think there's a little something there between them. Yeah, a little subtle flirtation going on the way they look at each other. And I love it. I love that it's Misha Collins and Alyssa Milano having their little connection in this show. And also, I must say, Phoebe looks really pretty in this scene. Did you notice that? Yeah, she did. Like, I thought she looked so pretty in this whole episode. I mean, she always does, but that stood out to me. So I can't wait to find out who Eric is, what his dad and the doctors want from him and everything. Although, I guess we can kind of assume what the doctors are looking for are the warlocks. Yeah. Definitely. Um, And, you know, we get the hint that somehow his father was the first one who was looking into the Akashic records. Now he solved the map. um, So obviously he was doing that for his dad. And of course, we get the idea that whatever put his dad in the hospital has something to do with whoever found out that he was translating the map. Right. Um, So then we move into the little hallway outside of the room and Phoebe and Eric bump into each other. And when they do, she gets a premonition of this like 
finger that turns into a needle going into his forehead and she kind of chases after him to the stairway to try to like warn him but he's already gone when she gets there i feel like that was kind of just plot making the connection between the two of them clear so that we know that now the charmed ones are going to get involved with whatever this acacia record things going on is exactly so now we move to the manor and Piper, we see her packing a bag and Prue runs in and tells her that she thinks Jack is a warlock because she saw him standing in front of her to get coffee and then again at the newsstand and she thinks that he might have blinked. And then she asks where Phoebe is and Piper says that she's volunteering at the convalescent hospital and Prue says, wait, you have to know if there's a warlock test and Piper's like me, why would I know? And Prue's like, well, I mean, you are a warlock magnet. She's like, am I never going to live the Jeremy thing down? You have that Rex and Hannah thing at work. Prue's like, okay, fine. You've got them in your love life. I've got them at the water cooler. And then she notices Piper's suitcase and asks Piper about it. And then Piper says that she's going to a wedding in Tahoe with Dan. Prue's like, oh, so in the same hotel, in the same bed sort of thing. She's like, that's yet to be decided. And then Prue pulls out this piece of lingerie from her um, bag and teases her about it and then asks if Piper tested Dan to see if he was a warlock. She's like, he's not a warlock. No cats have hissed at him. He has not blinked. He has not tried to kill me or my sisters and steal our powers, which, as you know, is a key indicator. And Prue says that she needs the book and runs out of the room with the lingerie, still kind of teasing Piper. And then we hear the bell ring and Piper goes to get it. We see Dan at the door and he wants to see if they could maybe leave earlier and asks if she can be ready in an hour and she says that she can. And then Kit hisses at him and Piper notices and gets really bothered by this and tells him that she has to go and closes the door. He's obviously very confused but then Piper runs to the stairs and says Prue did you find that warlock test yet? Now concerned that he might be one. Yeah. I love the way they have them both like testing for these things now bringing up how it seems to be a constant reoccurrence that like these warlocks are trying to pretend to be people to get close to them and then do it and now they're all paranoid about it I love it yeah I like it too and I like the way that like Piper was because I feel like Piper is a more trusting person so the way she wasn't until like all of a sudden like Prue puts it in her head and now she's like noticing it so I like that element of the plot for this episode too yeah now it's um standing out also i have to say i love that kit is a big part of this too like kit hissing at them is like their sign that we can't trust this person that's me i'm like if my cat doesn't like you (laughs) we can't fuck with each other (laughs) my cats don't like you then you must be a shitty person yeah definitely (laughs) And I just love all the episodes that, like, bring Kit into it because I'm just like, oh, cutie. Get her involved. Exactly. But yeah, no, I like this setup. Um, I like, you know, the little sisterly interactions between Prue and Piper here with Prue teasing her about going away with Dan. I think that was really cute, really realistic to me. Mm -hmm. I like that we can see the two clear plots here going on. One between... Prue and Piper and the other with Phoebe and Eric I like that they do that yeah me too all right so then from there we have the theme song 
And then we come back and we're still in the manor, but now we're in the living room and Prue and Piper are sitting together and they're flipping through the Book of Shadows. Prue mentions that there are 19 spells that can like kill a warlock, but nothing about a test to see whether someone is a warlock. And Piper's like, what if it's a conspiracy? Jack and Dan working together, sweet talking. And the whole time they're trying to figure out how to kill us. Prue thinks that she's being paranoid, which is funny considering that Prue was the first one to bring up the idea that they might be warlocks. <laughs> then Piper says that it's a wonder they trust anybody, and Prue says that they don't. They find a spell that lets them hear secret thoughts, and they decide that they're going to cast it. Once they do the spell, Piper thinks that Prue is wearing her lipstick and Prue answers out loud and they realize the spell works and that it could be potentially dangerous. Then Phoebe enters the house and they hear her thoughts. She's telling herself, stay calm, calm down, Book of Shadows, Needles and Warlocks, and Eric's in trouble, find out who, find out what. And Piper's like, the hospital hottie? And Phoebe's like, what? And Prue doesn't want Phoebe to know that they cast the spell. So she's like, how's Eric? Did you see him today? And Phoebe asks why they have the book. And Prue says that she thinks that Jack blinked. And Piper says that Kit hissed at Dan. And Prue tells her that they were looking for a warlock test. And Phoebe thinks that they're being paranoid. And Piper again is like, we are not. And Prue finishes her sentence, able to find a spell in the Book of Shadows. <laughs> And Phoebe's like, well, just prick them. Warlocks don't bleed. So if there's blood, you got your answer. And they start communicating through their minds and decide not to tell Phoebe about the spell, but also not to reverse it until they know about uh, Jack and Dan for sure. Phoebe notices that they're being weird, though, and asks them if they're okay. Piper asks about Eric again and if he asked her out. Phoebe tells them he didn't, but he's in trouble. She says she had a premonition. A demon or a warlock, maybe, with a needle thingy on his finger, and he was sticking it into Eric's head. She tells them to see Jack and Dan, and she'll look on the internet to try to find something about the demon or warlock. Prue and Piper start talking in their heads again, and it's just like a cute little sister moment at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of love this whole idea of them being able to hear people's thoughts. And the way they like communicate like that and Phoebe just having no clue. It works very well for me. I do like the idea of them being able to read each other's minds. I feel like there is something that we'll notice, especially like as the seasons continue to go on. Um, not too much of a spoiler that they do start to be able to read each other better because they are so comfortable with each other and they learn to trust each other more and more. I think we're even noticing the difference in that between seasons one and two. So the actual reading of each other's minds here is really interesting to me because I feel like they do have really good um, like intuition and connection to each other no matter what. And that's yeah, why I a lot it's... of their plans work so well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're all kind of on, you know, as the show goes on, you see them on the same page more and more. I think it, you know, has to do with the connection as sisters being around each other all the time and their connection as witches, like, I like that they make that show through, you know, mm -hmm. and see that develop as well, not just like their powers and their abilities to hunt demons, you know, it, it builds everything with them. And you definitely can see the difference from season one to season two. I mean, they're 
they get along a lot better there's more sisterly relationship between Prue and Phoebe especially which wasn't there before and Mm -hmm. love to see that development too yeah definitely and I like like the way that we're getting to see more of kind of like Phoebe's thoughts on her sisters because I feel like we always pick up on Phoebe being a little more you know sarcastic a little more and we hear a lot of that in her thoughts in this episode so I like the way that the writers portrayed the way she like thinks versus the way she speaks to her sisters yeah but I feel like even throughout this episode, a lot of the things that she thinks she would say out loud. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but I just like the way that like, because, you know, um, I mean, we'll get to it when it comes up later in the episode. But there are times where you think something, but you would never say it because it's not what you really mean. It's just like that one instant of like feeling something like angry mm-hmm. or upset. So I like the way they portrayed that, too. And I like the way like she's not telling them she thinks they're paranoid here, but like she's like definitely thinking it you know yeah 100 percent. I love that which also says something I think because you know I think earlier in the show especially in season one they were more quick to like dismiss each other's worries about things being supernatural and here like in her head she's dismissing it but like out loud she is being supportive and saying you know what do the test and then we can talk about how you were being paranoid once we know that it's not true yeah she kind of seems to be the most invested witch and the most clear-headed witch you know like I feel like Piper and Prue are very much focused on also their lives work relationships everything like that while Phoebe takes being a witch like very seriously it seems like you know like think about when she first started and how she was just kind of like that rebel child and now all of a sudden we see her like volunteering at the hospital knowing how does she know about this warlock test you know like doing more research she seems to be the one who reads more and knows more about different topics because I think she really is trying to get involved in it and I think it's it's like it it, it, she looks she's so smart you know like the way they show that development from her from like she's always been smart but now she's more focused more grown up and we get to see that happen in front of us Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things about Phoebe's character, and we'll see more and more of it as this season especially goes on. When Phoebe takes an interest in something, she really learns everything she can about that topic, and I love that about her. Like, even later in the episode when it's kind of like, oh, how do you know what the Akashic Records are? And she's like, oh, well, I read a lot. Yeah. It just shows you that, like, yeah, maybe she doesn't have that formal education, and we've seen her be insecure about that in previous episodes, But she does, like, when there's something she's interested in, when there's something she cares about, she knows a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Even the, with the, um, her little fighting moves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, we'll see that later, too, where she, like, fights them. And even with that, you know, like, she can kick some ass. And that was something she was practicing for a long time because she didn't have an active power and she wanted to be able to help them the way that they can help her with their powers you know like everything she does she just seems to do really well and I love I so admire that about her yeah definitely so now we are at Buckland's and Prue is in her office then Jack walks in with like this printed button-up shirt shorts and sunglasses and Prue's like you actually wear that to work and he thinks "Ooh, feisty feisty and then 
he says, well, when work puts me in front of an online server handling 5 million auction hits a day, yeah, I do. So what's the emergency? And then she asked him about a German company he handled in a collection or handled a collection for. Um, and he thinks, be careful, she suspects something. And he's like, yeah, of course. And she says she needs bronzes checked out and wants to know who did his validation. And he's very confused. And she's like, you do have people's collections validated, right? And he thinks, mostly I put people in graves or incinerate them. And then out loud, he's like, oh, yeah, it was uh, Walt Podick at Berkeley School of Design. He's the best. And then he thinks, if she finds out I'm lying, she's going to die. And he says he has to go and he heads out. And Prue says, you're dying first. To, you know, to herself. <laughs> yeah. So I love the setup of this scene. I mean, obviously, we find out later in the episode why it is that he's thinking these things. Mm -hmm. But I like the way it kind of sets up more of her suspicion and kind of leads her into thinking more and more that he is a warlock. Um, so I love that. I like hearing his thoughts here. I think they're interesting. I think they're fun. The outfit is so hideous. It's so funny to me. <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> the outfit is honestly embarrassing. Like, it's... <laughs> Not well, a like, good that's look. literally how like teenage boys dressed in this time period so it's just funny that they have like a grown man dressing like that too so weird you know I always think of um when I see Jack for some reason I don't see him as like Jack from Charmed I see him um I forget his name but you know Night at the Roxbury yeah because he's the gym guy in that movie yeah exactly and I feel like he always like because that's that's that was like my first impression of him and I feel like he always seems to play that type of character like he does like his character in this is very different from characters he plays in other things even though it like still has that similar like goofy type vibe because even in like white chicks he's like the cop you know what I mean yeah so like he's always playing like those types of roles where he's like the guy who's kind of the butt of the jokes and stuff yeah and what was he scary movie yeah that too he was also like the same type of guy like it's I don't know why it just fits his character so well but he does a lot of like he, he yeah he's always like that goofy guy that people can shit on that's what it seems like to me. yeah <laughs> and I love it but anyways yeah I agree that I like I love the way they set it up set up his thoughts to kind of you know confirm Prue's suspicions and then we find out more and more as it goes on the difference mm -hmm. and the way they handle it is just it's perfect yeah so then we're at the manor and the doorbell rings it's Dan again asking if she's ready to go she asks him to come in and he asks where her suitcase is she says it's upstairs and he thinks uh-oh cold feet she's backing out it's okay don't push it just don't push it and she freezes him then she pulls out this little needle and like pricks him on the hand and Phoebe comes down and says they need to get to Eric then asks her what she's what's the matter and she's like he didn't bleed he's not bleeding there's no blood there's nothing she's like freaking out and Phoebe's like yeah of course he's not bleeding he's frozen his blood is frozen and she tells Phoebe to go back upstairs so Phoebe runs up the stairs and she unfreezes Dan and he does start bleeding and she touches him and pretends to be concerned. 
And he thinks like, oh, love her touch. If she doesn't want to go, it's okay. Don't force it. And Feesby comes down and tells him that she needs to borrow Piper for a little while, but she'll have her back soon. And then she's kind of like looking at, she's behind Dan. So she like, is like, oh, like he has a nice butt. And Piper tells him that she'll be back in time after kind of like saying something to Phoebe, but then realizing she doesn't want Phoebe to know that she can read her thoughts. But they walk Dan out and as they're doing that, Kit hisses at him again. And then he notices above him, there's a hornet's nest. And that's probably what's scaring Kit. And he also figures that's why he starts bleeding because he thinks he might've gotten stung. So Piper kisses him and tells him not to leave without her. He goes back to his own house and the girls put on their jackets and they leave too. I just, I can't stand it. You know, like Leo is still my guy. Leo still has my heart. Why does Dan have to be such a good guy too? Like, That's the thing. Cause like I went into this season, I knew the Dan storyline was coming up and I was like, I want to have an open mind about it. Cause I've always been team Leo and I'll have more to say about this next episode, but like, I still am. But, and I think the show wants me to be, and I'll explain why when we get to the next episode. But right now, like, Dan is such a cutie. Like, I want to date Dan. Like, he's kind of the perfect guy. And that's why it makes this storyline more conflicting for me, because I'm like, I want to want Dan and Piper to be together. Yeah, they. it sucks because he is so perfect. He's such a good guy. The relationship works between them, you know? Like, I mean, aside from the whole her not being able to tell him about their secret and her having to kind of constantly hide and kind of cancel plans with him and everything I still think they're so good but for some reason I don't want them to be together like I'm still all about Leo yeah and the thing is I'm getting such a sense of it in this episode because like you know he he can't know what's going on so he's just thinking like she's gonna back out she doesn't like me as much as I like her like that's where his head is going but if he were someone that she could just be honest with, like, oh, there is a demon situation and we can leave later. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like the relationship would work if she could tell him. But again, then, of course, like with the Prue and Andy situation, we don't know how he would actually react to knowing the secret. So there's always exactly. going to be that when they're dating a mortal. Yeah, which definitely makes it more difficult more confusing and I think that that makes it hard for her too and I think even before Leo Leo had said in um I forget which one it was but it was a previous episode like he'll never understand you like I can yeah you know like you'll never be able to tell him basically and I think that's a big part of how they're kind of like yeah even though Dan's perfect in every other way they're kind of still sliding that in there like but she can't tell him this she can do that with leo you know yeah because we keep seeing the way that like witch and human relationships don't work out we saw it with patty and victor we saw it with prue and andy and now i think we're going to see it i mean i'm speculating who knows maybe piper and dan do end up together mm -hmm. um but i'm assuming that's where this storyline is going as well with the way the show is setting it up so far with all these problems so early on and i will say like this watch around i am very interested in um the love triangle and i am very sympathetic to dan's character throughout what we've seen so far and what i'm assuming will be coming up in future episodes yeah me too 
So now we are at Eric's apartment building and Phoebe and Piper are walking together. Phoebe says they're called collectors. They're a warlock breed that drains knowledge out of people's brains with that weird finger I saw. Piper's like, and the book didn't say anything on how to vanquish them. She's like, no, it just said their hunger for knowledge is your ally, whatever that means. They are at the address that the hospital records had for Eric. And Eric is being attacked inside by the doctor and the guy from the museum. They knock over a lamp and Piper and Phoebe hear it. And so they enter the apartment and Piper freezes the room. Then Phoebe recognizes the doctor as, you know, Eric's dad's doctor. And Piper says that they have to get him out and they'll figure out what the warlocks want later. Then everything unfreezes and Phoebe kicks one of them and grabs Eric and pushes him towards Piper and tells her to get him out of there. Then she punches the doctor and Eric grabs a gun from his drawer and he shoots at them both. But then they get up and Piper yells, let's go. And Phoebe grabs Eric's hand and they all run out together and the warlocks look like annoyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I like the little, you know, we get this little idea of what the warlocks are, what's going on there in the beginning from that little conversation. And then, of course, we get this really action-packed scene. Um, the fight scene really works for me. Like you were mentioning earlier, I love seeing how Phoebe's martial arts skills are continuing to develop. Mm -hmm. um, I like the way, you know, Eric is even quick thinking in this scene, the way he pulls out his gun and is like ready for them. So we know that he has been kind of paranoid that this was going to happen. I mean, maybe paranoid isn't the right word because he was correct <laughs> that it was going to happen, but like yeah. he's been expecting it, I guess would be better to say. Right. He wasn't very surprised by it. I love that they, they do this a lot where they have them show up at the perfect time, you know? And I kind of love it though. It's kind of like that whole, plays into their whole idea of like, oh, it's fate, it's destiny. This was meant to happen, you know? It's always going to go a certain way. Yeah, like a huge concept that comes up throughout the show, like there are these ideas that there is free will, but there's also this idea that they have this destiny. And as long as they accept their destiny, there aren't going to be coincidences, right? They're going to be where they're meant to be when they're meant to be there. So I like exactly. that too. Yeah. And they kind of pick up on it too, that like, where they're like, okay, I was, I have to do something about this because I was meant to see it or I was meant to do it or meant to be there at that time. So yeah definitely it becomes a big theme throughout the show and yeah. it's definitely we can notice it too throughout episodes mm -hmm. so then we're back at the manor and we're in the kitchen and eric is telling them that those guys are the ones who put his dad in the hospital and took his mind and piper asks who he thinks they are and she hears from his thoughts that he thinks you know nsa cia who knows and then he says, somebody in bulletproof vests. The question is, who are you? And Phoebe says that they're friends. And he thinks that they're after the Akashic Records too. And Piper asks what the Akashic Records are. And Eric's like, I knew it. And Phoebe's like, wait, what did you say? So she asks again. And Eric says, you tell me. And Phoebe says, I'll tell you. They're a book of ancient prophecies. The future of the world down to the smallest detail hidden away and lost for centuries but it's just a legend how did you and phoebe you know says that she reads a lot and then asks how piper knew and she says that she'll tell her later so they want the records and they want eric because he knows how to find them right 
And Eric again asks who they are. And Piper says, what if it's not a legend? Say they're real. What happens if the bad guys get these records? And Phoebe says, and they use the future against us. No more us. The bad guys win. And Eric starts to get up and he's like, I've got to get my father out of there. But Phoebe stops him. And Eric is like, he's stuck at the hospital and Dr. Stone's in on it. And she says, it's not about your father anymore. It's about you, especially if they think you know how to find the records. And he's like, try and stop me. And he goes to move past her and she grabs his arm and flips him onto the floor and then gets on top of him. It's like a sexy moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Prue walks in and she's like entertaining guests, I see. And Eric is trying to get up, but Piper freezes him. So Phoebe gets up off of him. And Prue asks who the cute boy is, and Phoebe starts to fill her in. And Piper thinks about the Akashic Records, and Prue says, you know, what it is, just as Phoebe's about to start talking. And then they realize they have to tell her about the spell, because she obviously realizes something is going on. Piper thinks to Prue that Dan is clean, and she thinks that Jack is not. And Phoebe's like, wait, are you guys thinking something about me right now? And Prue's like, does Eric know which is warlocks? And Piper says, no, he thinks it's a government conspiracy and asks how do you, she knows that Jack's a warlock. She says, I heard his thoughts and they are bad, really bad. You know, graves, dead people, burnt bodies. Phoebe asks if she pricked him and he said, no, that's why I need Piper. Freeze him, prick him, and then vanquish him if necessary. She has this dagger she says it's from Brendan, who we will remember as the priest from When Bad Warlocks Go Good. And she kept it in case they needed it for future warlock use. Phoebe says, wow, it's been a while, but it seems like they're everywhere. So we get the episode title there. And she says that they should go and she'll stay, but make sure they get back before the collectors show up. She gets back on top of Eric and Prue thinks, we have to go kill a warlock while she gets to sit on some guys. And Phoebe's like, hey, hey, hey. She's like, you heard that? And she's like, like, I need a hearing thought spell to know what you're thinking. So again, that sister connection. <laughs> and as Prue's walking by, Phoebe hits her leg. The two of them leave, things on freeze. And Phoebe asks Eric if he's going to behave. He says, do I have a choice? She says no, and then helps him up. Love the cute little flirty moment. <laughs> <laughs> A little, a little more rated R than, <laughs> than our usual flirty moments. Also, I didn't even realize that they had the title in this. Yeah, no, I picked up on it right away. Maybe yeah. that's because like, you know, as I'm watching, I'm like taking Typing. super notes. But yeah. <laughs> until you pointed out, I would have had no idea. But that's so like, so cute how they did that. <laughs> Sometimes I really love when shows do it and sometimes I really hate it. It kind of depends on how they work it in and if it actually works for me or not. But here Yeah, this this worked. This definitely worked. It was very subtle. Like not not everyone would have picked up on that. Or maybe it's just me that wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I also like, you know, the little callback to season one they have with the dagger from that episode coming up here. Yeah. I don't know why they oh, I guess to kill him if necessary. But I was like, I don't know why she couldn't just use a needle, like why she had to pull out the athame, but I guess it's, you know, if they end up having to kill him, it makes sense. Yeah, because um, she figures, you know, it'll kill any warlock. Yeah, exactly. Definitely smart. So I feel like this 
is just a like still more plot you know like it was kind of a long scene but mostly them just talking and kind of figuring things out eric still has no clue somehow that they're like you know warlocks demons all that (laughs) yeah um which i'm excited to see like you know his reactions as he obviously starts to pick up on that I like the way we're seeing the interactions between the sisters here. Again, that closeness of their relationships is becoming more and more clear as we get further into season two. Yeah. Here where they included that, how she kind of knew what Prue was thinking there, you know, because, well, who yeah. wouldn't be thinking that, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> be jealous as hell. Uh, so now we are outside of the museum and we see the dark-haired warlock approach approach Dr. Stone. And Doctor asks if he found Eric, but he didn't. And he says he's being protected by a time-freezing witch. And the other one says, and Bruce Lee's little sister. <laughs> and they say it's going to be hard to drain his brain if they know what they're after. So Dr. Stone says, we'll get into his mind through his heart. And they both blink out kind of leaving us with the idea that they're going to go after his dad. Yeah, exactly. So then we move to Buckland's and Prue is looking at some artifacts and Jack walks in the room and he says, there she is hard at work. Look, I'm glad you called. Can I come in? And she's like, sure. He thinks, stay focused, get it over with. And Piper walks in behind him and freezes him. And then she tells Prue, okay, poke him with the dagger and Prue does it and sees that he's not bleeding and Piper's like he's frozen <laughs> I love how she tries to make Prue look dumb even though she did the same exact thing I know. <laughs> so Prue puts the dagger away and Piper is about to unfreeze him and then the door opens and another Jack appears in the shirt he was wearing before ugly ass outfit and then Piper freezes the second one and Prue's like okay wait there's two of them and Piper says twin warlocks and Prue's like or maybe they're just twins and then she tells Piper to unfreeze them and says that if that prick doesn't bleed then that one's dead too and so she does and Jack does start bleeding and Jack one tells him he shouldn't be there and Jack two tells him he can't let him take all the blame and then Piper walks over by Prue and Prue's like all right this is my sister Piper which one of you jerks is Jack And then the one in regular clothes says, you know, it's me, I'm Jack. And the other one is his twin, Jeff. Prue asks what they were trying to prove. And Jack says, it's just a little something we used to do growing up. Jeff says, yeah, so, you know, when one of us would take an interest in someone. And Piper's like, so you'd send the other one in to check out the merchandise to sort of kick the tires. And Jeff says, crude, but accurate. And then Prue to Piper in their thoughts says it still doesn't explain why he wanted to kill me so piper asks jeff what he does for a living and jack says oh great this should be a conversation stopper (laughs) and jeff is like i own a mortuary actually own a whole chain of them and prue says you know you two should be ashamed of yourselves and she grabs her purse and walks over and slaps jack in the face and says that's for thinking you'd get away with it and then she slaps Jeff right after and says, and that's for thinking that you wouldn't get slapped. And then Piper starts laughing and they leave together. And the twins are both holding their faces and Jeff is like, I approve. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way they had that scene turn out. 
Yeah. I love this. So, you know, the little mortuary stuff is funny. It makes his thoughts from earlier funny. I like, you know, kind of Piper and Prue's reactions to what they did. Because, like, it really is gross what they're doing. And as we see more and more of Jack, I'll have more to say about what I think of his character. But I don't hate him in this scene. I'll just say that. Like, it doesn't feel anything bad to me yet. I think he's, you know, a little, eh. Like, he's not not my favorite guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's not horrible or anything I kind of get a vibe from him, like one of those guys who is actually a really good guy, but like tries to look cool in front of his friends or like, you know what I mean? Like he kind of gives off that general vibe where like he tries to put on a show for people, but really like that's not who he is. Maybe, maybe. I think we could talk about that more as we keep seeing him because I'm interested in seeing if that's how I'll interpret him or if I'll have a different point of view. Just based on, like, what I've seen so far yeah. is, like, kind of the idea that I get. Like, he's a better guy than he lets on. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know? I could see that. Because, I, you know, so far he does have kind of this arrogance that he's presenting. But like you're saying, it does seem a lot like he is putting on a show. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, you know, if we're going to continue this storyline between him and Prue, wherever it's going, if we're going to see another side of him. So I'm interested in finding that out. Yeah, definitely me too. Anything else for that scene? I'll just say I really like Piper in that scene. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I love it. I love her little laugh at the end too. Like how happy she is that Prue did all those things. (laughs) Piper's like the little side supportive one. I love it. Yeah. And you know, Prue's confidence and Prue's unwillingness to put up with the bullshit. Love that for her too. Oh yeah. Always. (laughs) Always. That's that's the definition of Prue Hallowell. (laughs) absolutely (laughs) love it so then we're back at the manor and we're in the conservatory phoebe is serving tea and eric is sitting at the table he asks how she knew to be there to help him and she tells him that she has this gift and knows when things are going to happen if there's going to be trouble he asks her how and she says it was something she was born with he's like so you don't work for some government agency she says no i'm just a girl now let me ask you a question this thing you did translating this ancient code or whatever, why'd you do it? And he says it was for his father. She asks if he wanted to finish his work. He says he wanted to find out who hurt him and get even. She says, even at the risk of them hurting you. He says, he's my dad. I love him. And if I can't have him back, I want justice. She says she envies him. And he asks if she's not close with her folks. She says that her mom is dead and her dad is gone. He asks if she knows where he is. She says she's not really that interested. He doesn't get it. She says, you don't know my dad. He says, do you? She says, no, I never got the chance to, unfortunately. And then she's kind of like, you know what? I'm a sucker for family. Follow me. And the two of them get up. That's when we see that Prue and Piper are walking in. Piper says Jack's not a warlock. Prue says he's a jerk. And Phoebe tells them they're going to the hospital to get Eric's dad and keep him someplace safe. And they all go out the door together. I really love that they had this little moment, including like her history with Victor and like, you know, even her mom not being around versus like him having grown up completely different with this amazing dad that he just wants to protect versus where she's like, yeah, well, I never really knew it and him being like oh I don't I don't understand that I don't understand how you wouldn't be interested because 
I kind of get that, you know, like people who have never had to go through something like that don't really know what it's like. I mean, even for us, we've had, well, uh, (laughs) maybe I won't get into all that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like it's kind of like people who don't have difficult relationships with their parents will just say, don't understand Mm -hmm. always people who do. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are people who have said like, even like people who have said to me things like that, like, oh, you should do everything in your power. Like, I I think you should be doing everything you can to keep your relationship with your dad. And I'm like, well, it's kind of a two way street. Like, it, it, it's not that like, I wish it was that simple, but it's not like other people who don't understand the difficulties with parents, like they can't really get it, you know, like they have yeah. a completely different perspective. And it's also hard the way that I feel like a lot of times people will like kind of place the blame on you. But like, as the child, it is the parent's responsibility. Like, I'm sorry, that's just how it is. Like, I know, like, I shouldn't have to be a kid begging for my parents, like, attention or Phoebe, like having to kind of hope all the time that her dad would come back. Like, that's, that's not something that a kid should be doing. It shouldn't be on them. You know, like, you're an adult you should be doing that like the same way his father is but yeah he just doesn't know he doesn't know you know yeah and I think you know that's something we saw in season one was Phoebe was kind of chasing after a relationship with her dad and I think seeing you know this season two Phoebe who's given up on it I mean it is sad but it is it's understandable and I feel like it's kind of unfair the way that Eric is putting that on her because he just doesn't get it yeah like I mean it almost seems like he's I get it because he is being nice and trying to be understanding, but he the way he's saying it is like, well, it's just very obvious that you you don't understand what it's like because it's not that simple, you know? Like, you don't think she would have been, you know, like, you don't think things would have been different if she wanted them to be? Like, you know, like, obviously there's nothing she can do about it, you know? Yeah. So it's... It's cool to see that they included like that little difference in the way you were raised, difference in your perception of people mm-hmm. and her still being like, rather than being kind of resentful and jealous that Eric does have this relationship, she like, she's kind of like, well, since I couldn't have that, like, I really do want to see it in, for someone else, you know, like, I don't want that for anybody else. Yeah, and I think Phoebe does still get it because, like, even though she might not have those parental connections, like, she does have that connection to her sisters, right? And she knows that, you know, if something was going on with Prue or Piper, she would want someone, if they were in her position, to do anything they could to help. So that's what she wants to do for Eric and his dad. Yeah, it's it's really sweet to see that and them have this little heart-to-heart moment, you know? Yeah. All right, so now we are at the hospital again, and the four of them walk in. The phone is ringing, and the hospital is completely empty. Eric starts walking ahead, and Piper's like, where is everybody? Phoebe asks Prue if she brought the dagger, and she did. And there's a dead nurse by the phone in the office behind the desk. And Eric starts calling for his dad and running. And Phoebe tells him to wait and runs after him. Then Prue and Piper follow. And they all get to his dad's room and the warlocks blink in. And Prue uses her power to throw them against the wall. And they both, they fall down and blink out. 
And Eric's like, what's going on? And Phoebe's like, later, get him. We got to get out of here. So Prue goes to the hall to get a wheelchair. And then Dr. Stone blinks in behind her and asks if she's looking for the dagger. And he has it. And then he blinks in behind Piper and puts the dagger to her neck. And the other warlock blinks in and grabs Eric. And then Prue comes into the room and Dr. Stone says, moo, and she dies. Phoebe hits him over the head with flowers and a vase and he falls to the floor. So Prue moves Eric away from the other warlock and Dr. Stone blinks next to him. Then Prue moves the dagger to her own hand and the warlocks touch Eric's dad's shoulders and blink out with him as Prue throws the dagger at them and it goes into the wall instead. Eric is just very confused and the sisters look very upset here. Yeah. So kind of a pretty chaotic scene. I hope that I said it okay but (laughs) I love them in like having all four of them kind of involved in this you know in this little fight scene Eric kind of finding out what's going on seeing them all use their powers and being like okay well this is this is a bit different than I thought it was yeah definitely um you know the confusion is really put in well there Again, it's another scene that I've been noticing more and more through the last few episodes of just this organized chaos where we have so many characters in a scene, but the camera work and the choreography is making it very work well, even though there is so much going on. Yeah, it definitely, it flows well. It doesn't feel like too confusing, like we can't comprehend what's going on. It's chaotic, but in a good way, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So then we're outside the hospital and Eric is kind of like running away. He's a runner. He's a track star here, like dramatic (laughs) AF. (laughs) And Phoebe's chasing after him. And she's like, Eric, we still want to help you. Nothing has changed. And, you know, the high drama, he's like, no, everything has changed. Some kind of monster just took my dad. I'm being more dramatic than he was, but this is, that was this line. So Um, felt. That's how it felt to me. Um, So then Prue and Piper show up next to Phoebe and Phoebe tells him about warlocks and witches and he thinks it all sounds insane. Prue says, Eric, you believe in the Akashic records and all the power that they represent, right? And he says, yeah, I guess. And Piper says, well, most people think that's a myth. Prue says, but now you know that it isn't. So isn't it possible that other things like witches and warlocks actually do exist? And Prue thinks that the warlocks are going to offer to trade his dad for what he knows. They want to bring him back to the manor to keep him safe. And Phoebe says that she trusts him with their secret and asks that he trust her in return. And he's like, no, I have an idea of what to do. Phoebe follows after him and tells Prue and Piper to go home and wait for them. And after the two of them leave, Prue's like, do we have to protect him? Piper's like... He is pissing me off. (laughs) I love it. He's got this stubbornness that they all kind of seem to have, actually. Fits in perfectly. He would fit right into the Hallowell family with that stubborn, I'm going to do what I want nature. He's the the baby brother. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I like the way Phoebe's kind of using... Like, oh, you believe in this, like, you should believe, you could believe this, and her being like, I trust you with our secret, please trust me, and them having that little connection, so it kind of works, but 
also he still fucking leaves so <laughs> yeah I know so it didn't work I that feel well. like I like that though because at the end of the day like even if he trusts Phoebe even if he wants to work with her like he cares more about the fact that his dad was just taken away and yeah. I get that yeah, there are some things, I mean, obviously that's going to be more of a priority that's still going to be more what he's focused on, you know, and I'm sure he kind of feels like this is on him a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, now they took my dad because I found this out, you know? Like, now he probably feels like he fucked up, and I don't think he even wants to involve anyone else either. Yeah. In the situation, like, doesn't want any, but one of those, like, I don't want anyone else to get hurt either. Mm-hmm. He's got a good personality. <laughs> he does. I like him. <laughs> yeah. So now we move to the museum and Eric is opening the fire extinguisher and taking it out. And Phoebe asks what he's doing. She's telling him being out in the open isn't safe and following him, trying to like kind of convince him to leave with her. And they approach the map stone. And he says, you know, my father thought it would be so wonderful translating it, a gift of knowledge to usher the world into the new millennium. And he picks up the fire extinguisher to hit it, and Phoebe asks what he's doing. And he says, if the Akashic records are everything you say they are, then they're not a gift. I mean, the warlocks shouldn't have that knowledge. Neither should the rest of us. With all knowledge revealed, we could have no free will. Phoebe says, in no world as we know it. And he says, maybe no world at all. And then he smashes the glass case with the fire extinguisher and this alarm starts going off and people are all looking around at him. And then he picks up the stone from inside and smashes it on the ground. And he says, now no one else will ever be able to translate the map. The only place the longitude exists is in my head. And he grabs her hand and they run out and someone goes to get security. So I kind of love his whole thought process here about the bad guys shouldn't have it, but neither should we. Like, kind of that realization of this is too much power for anyone and that it shouldn't it shouldn't exist anymore. And the fact that he smashed it, so there's just no way. Yeah, no and way. I, like, I really like the point they make here because, like, if you think about it, if you know the future, like, if you know everything that's ever going to happen, like, it's true. You There will be that loss of free will. Because you already know what's going to happen. So it's going to make everything seem pointless because it's like, no matter what decision I make, I'm still going to end up here. Right, exactly. It's like one of those things for me where it's like really weird to think about because I'm like, because then I start like having all these questions of like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, if this happens, this happens. Like, oh, it's kind of like time travel. Like it just, (laughs) yeah, it's too hard to think about for me. It just fucks with my head too much. I can't, I can't do that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like I, as much as it sounds cool to be able to know the future, it wouldn't be as glamorous as maybe people see it, you know? Yeah. I also like how the alarm was going off, but someone had to go get security. They weren't already coming. I was thinking the same thing. Like you would think in an instant that whole place would be on lockdown. All the doors would would like slam shut and someone would be there right away. And they have like security guards at museums yeah also is this the same museum that Prue worked at or a different museum do they have multiple museums oh my god I don't know it must Well, I guess it is a big city so they might have more than one museum yeah it could be if it was why wasn't Roger there he should have come (laughs) running 
Roger should have been there freaking out. Although it's weird to... Okay. I mean, it must be then. Because if the hospital... They obviously ran there from the hospital. And the hospital is where Phoebe works. Which means it must be fairly close to her house. Right? Yeah. So wouldn't the museum also be, like, very close to her house that she used know. to work at? I don't know. Because, like, Prue, unlike Phoebe, has a car. So I guess she could work a little further away from home. That's true. Yeah. They probably didn't even think that deep into it. We're, like, coming up with our own ideas. <laughs> so then we're back at the manor, and Prue and Piper are walking up the stairs to the attic. Piper says, you know, she can't imagine how helpless that Eric must feel since the warlocks have his dad, and Prue says that she can. And Piper says, Prue, a warlock didn't take our father. She says, no, he left on his own. Piper asks if Prue misses him. And she gets to the book and starts looking through it. And she's like, I didn't say that. And Piper asks if she thinks about him. And she says, why? And Piper says, because I'm wondering if I'm the only one who does. Prue says that she's not. And Piper's like, so you miss him? She says, I miss who he should have been. And I miss who he never was. But I don't miss him. Piper says, I do. And Prue's kind of like, well, we should get to work. And she finds a spell to take the information out of Eric's brain. Piper says, but if we do that, Eric won't have anything to offer the warlocks and they'll be furious and kill his dad. And Prue says, well, Eric is our innocent. Our priority is him. Piper says they're both innocents. And Prue says they might have to make a choice. We're talking about the future, everyone's future. And Piper's like, so we have to sacrifice Eric's dad. And Prue says, for the greater good. That's when the bell rings and Piper looks at her watch and says that it's Dan. She says she'll deal with him and Prue has to figure out what they're going to tell Phoebe. So I like, again, that we're seeing this connection to when they see someone interacting with their dad, it kind of brings up these feelings about like their own father. I think that's interesting. I like that they can talk about these feelings with each other. It's obviously harder for Prue, I think, to have the conversation, but Piper is more like, well, this is how I feel. How do you feel? Um, I like that interaction, and I like the way she's trying to get Prue to talk about their dad. Yeah, Prue's always seemed to be the one who's had the most difficulty, the most difficulty with, you know, like she's trying to put on this hard shell and kind of convince herself that she doesn't she doesn't care as much you know she doesn't need it but really it it does affect her um and we can obviously see that by the way she's acting here and even in the past when their dad first came in um but yeah no I like that they include that because of like we had Phoebe's idea on the whole thing and now we kind of have them also making the same connection to their dad yeah and also them kind of thinking they may have to sacrifice Eric's dad. Like, how are they going to tell Phoebe? How are they going to tell Eric? How are they going to, yeah. like, accept something like that? Having to lose an innocent like that, you know? Yeah, and I mean, spoiler to later in the episode, but um, the way, you know, I like that Piper here is questioning Prue. But once she decides that she's going to support Prue's decision when they talk to Phoebe later I like the way that Piper is supporting Prue in that scene 
Mm -hmm. um, that really works for me. Because I feel like that's something I would do. Like I would question you, but then once I commit to your side, like I am going to support you, even though obviously it's going to be hard for Phoebe to accept that this is the decision that Prue and Piper have come to. Yeah. Agreed. Um, And, you know, of course, going back to what Prue and Piper were talking about with their own dad for a second, I think what Prue says there is really relatable to, like, anyone who, you know, has someone they wanted in their life who left them to kind of say, you know, I miss who he should have been. I miss who he Mm -hmm. never was. Like, that just felt really strong to me in a really powerful moment. And I just really feel for Prue and the way she's kind of going through that. And I think it's clear that she does miss him. She just doesn't want to. And I like the way that the episode shows that, even though it's not exactly what she's saying, it's clearly what's there. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. I think it was a very powerful moment. And I mean, you're right. It is relatable. That whole, everything she's saying, like, it makes sense, you know, like you wish it could have been a certain way. You wish you miss who they should have been. Like, that's a very powerful thing. I mean, that I feel like that is very relatable. Prue, like you said, obviously does miss him. I mean, how could she not, but won't admit that? Yeah, because I think the thing is, at the end of the day, Prue's the one who at one point did have a father. Like, Piper and Phoebe never had that. Mm -hmm. Um, Prue did for a few years, and then he was gone from her life. So it's a different experience for her. And Mm -hmm. I think that's part of why it's so much harder for her. Right. To accept that he left because she actually did have him at one point. Yeah. She knew that he could be that person and just switched up, you know, like mm-hmm. didn't end up turning out that way. Yeah, exactly. So downstairs in the doorway, Dan rings the bell again and Piper answers and he's like, are you ready to go? And he thinks, oh man, she's not coming. And then she says that she does want to go, but she's not ready yet. And then Phoebe approaches and says, any word from the uh, pizza guy? Hi, Dan, we ordered pizza. Would you like to stay for a pizza? And Dan thinks, no, I want to go with her, but what's the point? And then Piper's like, okay, I know what you're thinking, but I can be ready on time. And he tells her he has to leave in an hour, and they close the door. And Dan thinks... Someday, somehow, some way, I'm going to make it through that damn door. And then Eric asks Piper if the warlocks made contact. And Phoebe tells her Eric destroyed the map stone and asks if they found anything in the book. And then Prue enters. And Piper tells Eric to go check his home messages to see if they've reached out to him there. So he does. And then Phoebe asks what's going on. And then in the conservatory, Eric has no new messages. And then the sisters move to the kitchen and they're in there talking. And Phoebe says, wait, you're willing to let Eric's father die? And Piper says, we can't risk losing Eric and allow the warlocks to gain future knowledge. And Phoebe says, but not at the expense of his father. We have to save him. And Proust says, Phoebe, we have to save everyone's dad. We have to protect the world from these warlocks. And we can't do that if they have the records. And Phoebe asks what she's supposed to tell Eric and tells them she promised that they'd save his father. And she starts to leave and she thinks like they don't care. And then obviously knows that they probably heard that because they can read the thoughts. And she says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I don't know why I even thought it. And Prue asks if she wants them to tell him. And Phoebe says, no, she has to do it. 
So that's the scene I was talking about earlier where Phoebe yeah. kind of has a thought and then regrets it. I felt like that was really relatable. That was well-written and it was a good use of this plot device of them being able to hear the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the scene with Dan and Piper, I like that. I love hearing Dan's thoughts throughout this and kind of his nervousness that she doesn't want to be with him again and that she's not going to make it. And the way, you know, knowing what he's thinking, Piper has a different way of acting than she might if she didn't know what his thoughts were in that moment that really worked for me that was really cute and you know just the way that Phoebe reacts to the idea of losing this one innocent and especially given that she has this connection with Eric I think it makes it even harder that she's gonna have to tell him that they might have to sacrifice his dad for the greater good exactly you kind of just said everything I know (laughs) (laughs) I mean I yeah exactly that's I'm on the same page love everything about that the dance thoughts and like that little comedic uh you know some somehow I'm gonna get through that door one day yeah and then um like you said Phoebe having that regret that's a very relatable thing to kind of think something in the moment but it's not actually what you mean not actually what you feel and I don't know how you would even begin to tell someone that, you know, you don't think they're you're going to be able to save their dad, too. Like, we might have to sacrifice him. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how the hell Phoebe plans on going about that. That's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. The only comment I'll make on this, and, like, maybe this sounds bad, is, like, in a way haven't the demons already taken Eric's father from him because they completely erased his mind? But I still get that he wouldn't want to physically lose him, but it feels like in a way he is gone. Yeah. So I'm what like, I still get the idea of wanting to keep him there, but it, it does make sense where the sisters are coming from to protect these records and to protect Eric, who is the one who is still able to live his life. Yeah. It does ultimately make sense even though it would obviously be a very difficult decision. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, he doesn't even really know exactly what happened to his dad. You know, like, you know, someone came after him. But as far as he knows, like, his dad is stuck like this. I can kind of see why it would be easier for them to think, you know, either continue to let him suffer like that and maybe just, like, keep him alive or maybe have to risk his life in order to save everybody yeah like it's just a complicated moral situation I guess definitely definitely and it's something I'm interested in keeping an eye on throughout the show is if they ever face moral dilemmas like this in the future and how they deal with them yeah agreed so then we go to the scene where we are in the conservatory and Eric's phone rings and it's Dr. Stone calling him. Then we kind of flash to where the warlocks are. They're like outside in like a garden or something. And the other warlock puts his like needle finger into Eric's dad's head and his father wakes up. And Dr. Stone says, say hello to Eric, Ben. And he's very awake and alert and tells Eric over the phone that he feels odd And the warlock then drains Ben's head again, and Dr. Stone says he's gone, but I can bring him back and give him to you. All I want in exchange is what's in your head. And then he tells him to come to the Oak Grove in Golden Gate Park in half an hour by himself. 
Then we are just in the conservatory. Eric hangs up the phone just as Phoebe is entering the room. He lies to her and tells her he hasn't gotten any messages. And she's starting to talk, but he puts his fingers to her lips and says, listen, before you say another word, I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for my father. I mean, everything you're trying to do. You sure you aren't an angel? And she laughs. She says, no, I'm not an angel, but I could probably introduce you to one. And he says, you know, it's a shame your father's not a part of your life. He would be so proud of you. And he's like holding her face. It's kind of romantic. And she touches his lips, then tells him that she needs to talk to him about him and his dad. And he's like, oh, well, can we have some more tea first? And she says, yeah, she'll go get it and leaves the room. He watches her go and then he starts to like try to sneak out and Piper and Prue see him and ask where he's going. He says he's just going outside to get some air, but they hear his thoughts. He says the Oak Grove at Golden Gate Park. And then Prue starts calling for Phoebe and she comes and sees that Eric is leaving. She asks them where he's going and they tell her. And she says, oh my God, the warlocks must have contacted him. And then they all head out the door. I kind of like, I love that use of the hearing thoughts spell. Like, I know usually I don't like things just kind of handed to us, but it kind of worked here, you know, that like they just were able to hear exactly where he was going. Like it didn't feel out of like, like it didn't feel bad to me at all, you know? Yeah, it wasn't one of those things where I was like, of course, for plot's sake. Like I was like, oh, this actually is a really good use of that spell to make this moment happen. Right, exactly. And now we know because I I didn't even, I doubt Eric knew like that he, they could just wake his father up like that. So Mm -hmm. now he's also like, you know, on top of just being able to get his dad back, thinks that he has a chance to like. Get him back to how he was before. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So now that's even more hope for him. And I mean, it makes sense that he decided to take the take the deal pretty much. Yeah. And it also switches up again. I mean, obviously, the sisters don't know about it, but it switches up the moral dilemma because now there is that hope of truly saving him yeah which of course does make sense because if it was magic that took away kind of his memory and everything it would make sense that magic in some way could bring it back Mm -hmm. what I don't get though is if his father cracked it too or his so his dad didn't figure out the map he wasn't finished translating it like he had started and he had an idea of how to but he hadn't finished it so Eric kind of took the work his dad was doing and finished it so I mean I just don't understand why they wouldn't have waited till he figured it out to come after his dad but I guess it's just plot's sake maybe it was (laughs) in like his dad's head that like Eric is smart enough to figure it out too and that's why they were kind of like following Eric because remember when like he was at the museum the like dark-haired warlock was there like waiting to see what he was doing with the map stone right but that was like Eric didn't start doing that until after they came after his dad and then he decided to finish his work yeah so if yeah. they like you know what you know what I mean like it's just like I don't know why they would have like if his dad wasn't done why they would have gone after him already well, obviously, they didn't know he wasn't done until after they like, oh, yeah. looked in Took his mind. Knowledge. I guess that makes sense. But I don't know. I guess because Phoebe wouldn't have been as drawn to some old man translating the stone as some young hottie. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> they knew. But also, you know, their scene together was very cute. 
um, even though he was lying to her. Yeah, but it was still sweet. I mean, I think, I think he really was thankful. It kind of felt like a like a goodbye. Yeah. No, it was cute. They're cute. I like them. Yeah. I wish that it was like. I mean, it's not too much of a spoiler, but I wish that it was more than a one episode kind of thing you know i know i'm still waiting for phoebe to have a multi-episode love interest right she's had three love interests so far and they've all been one episode characters so now we are in the park and piper's car pulls up and she parks it and they all get out and pre says that there are oak trees everywhere and phoebe worries that they're too late and piper tells her stop thinking that and Prue's like the book of shadows says their hunger is their ally so there must be a way to use the knowledge that they've acquired against them. And Piper says, or use their greed to trap them. Prue says if all else fails, they'll freeze them and move them to get Eric away. Phoebe says, and save his father, right? She's like, look, it just seems to me like we should do everything we possibly can to reunite Eric and his father. I mean, imagine a dad who actually wants to be with his child. And Prue says that they'll do their best. And Phoebe thinks that they should split up. And they say the first one that sees him hollers and they all go in different directions. And we kind of walk a bit with each of them looking through, looking around the park. And then Prue gets scared by a peacock. <laughs> it's really funny. And then Eric sees his dad and the warlocks tell him he's close enough. And he says, I can restore him or I can kill him, Eric. The choice is mine. And Eric says, restore him or you don't get what you want. That choice is mine. And Dr. Stone says that they're in control. And then Eric pulls out his gun and says that he'll shoot himself if they don't restore him. So the other warlock does it. And he wakes up and asks what Eric's doing. <laughs> Imagine that, though. Like, your dad wakes up and just first thing yeah, you see like is you're just, like, holding a gun to your head. you with a gun to your head. Anyways, so Dr. Stone blinks behind Eric and starts draining him. And then Phoebe approaches and sees this, and she kicks Dr. Stone. Then the other warlock comes up behind her and puts the needle thing in her head, and she passes out. And then Prue approaches and moves him. Piper comes up, too, and Dr. Stone blanks. And then Prue goes over to check on Phoebe, and they notice that the other warlock is starting to think about, like, keeping them focused on him so Dr. Stone can surprise them from behind. And Prue thinks to Piper, like, don't freeze him yet. And they want to let him think his plan is working. Then Dr. Stone blinks next to Prue and Piper freezes him just as he's about to drain her. And then Prue moves them together and they unfreeze and they kind of drain each other because they both have their needles out. So then they both blow up and Prue says, you know, they really shouldn't have given us the finger. <laughs> and Piper says, you read my mind. Then Phoebe wakes up and she doesn't remember how they got there and neither does Eric or his dad. And Eric and his dad, they get up too and three weeks of Phoebe's memories are gone. She's like, I have no idea. What's, they were like, what's the last thing you remember? And she's like, the Halloween party. And they're like, well, that was three weeks ago. And then Eric doesn't recognize Phoebe either and just thinks that he might have seen her at the hospital before. And then he's all excited because his dad is better. And they're like, him and his dad are like talking, hugging each other, everything. And Phoebe sees this and she's like, did we do something good? And Peru says, you did something incredible. And then Eric and his dad are, you know, still hugging and everything. And the sisters do too. 
it's a really cute little ending. I'm glad that we were able to, in the end, get Eric's dad. I say we like I was anyway involved in this situation. <laughs> you did it. You saved Eric's dad. I it did was that all shit. Mia. Yeah. <laughs> I played the biggest part reading it over. But no, it's nice that they were able to save everyone in the end, which isn't always going to be the case, I'm sure. Yeah. And it sucks that Phoebe doesn't remember, you know? And Eric, like they don't remember that whole that whole flirty connection, romanticness between them. All of that's gone. Yeah, but I guess the one good thing is he forgot their secret, right? So yeah, he forgot about the demons, the secret, and the um, Akashic records map, like knowledge. Yeah, so now it's truly lost to the universe, right? Because him and his dad don't remember. He destroyed the stone and now no one But it was like know. six weeks ago. So his dad had to have been working on this for a while. So he's yeah. going to like go up to the museum and see this and like be like, where the fuck did the stone go? <laughs> Having no clue that he broke it. <laughs> True. <laughs> Again, I just liked in this scene the way the sisters used that mind reading to kind of play to their advantage with the warlocks. Mm-hmm you know the comedic of they shouldn't give us the finger was funny like it was yeah. a cute scene it was really cute yeah it was a good little ending scene so then we're back at the manor and prue and piper are walking down the stairs and prue asks what she's thinking and piper says that dan's gonna leave without me and she says nope good the spell's reversed and you know piper says what a relief i think we've proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that man and especially woman aren't meant to hear each other's thoughts and then Prue says, definitely too much knowledge, whether it comes from the Akashic records or just people's heads is dangerous stuff. Now they're really beating us over the head with the moral lesson of this episode here. So, you know, these lines were a little much for me. But anyway, she says, so what were you thinking? And Prue says, I was thinking what a shame it was that Phoebe finally met a nice guy and she's not even going to remember it. Um, she met a nice guy earlier this season. Do we not remember Dr. Owen? Oh my god, Dr. Owen. I, I forgot about him. <laughs> her. Because he, you know, he's another one episode love interest. Yep. yep. <laughs> but whatever. She finally met a nice guy and doesn't remember it. Sad, sad. I am sad because I would have liked to see more of Misha Collins. But whatever. Me too. <laughs> so then the front door opens and Phoebe comes in with flowers and they're for Prue but there's no card. Then suddenly like the flowers start ringing and they realize there's a phone inside. Piper looks out the door and she sees that Dan is leaving and, you know, Phoebe's like, well, freeze him. And so she does and then runs out after him. Then Prue is sitting in a chair trying to answer the phone in the living room and Phoebe comes over and helps her to open it because it's like one that opens from the bottom. And then she's like, hello. And it's Jack calling. And he's like, at last, I've been calling every 20 minutes for the last hour. Do you like the flowers? And she's like, what do you want? And he's like, you know, you are a very suspicious woman. And she goes, no, I just like to think of it as careful. He says, oh, come on, Prue. Are you saying you've been totally honest with me? And then she and Phoebe start making static noises. And she's like, Jack, I can't hear you. The phone's breaking up. And he's like, I just wanted to apologize. Can I take you for dinner? And Phoebe shakes her head and then Prue says, I don't think so. And he's like, come on, let me buy you a drink. And again, they both shake their head. She's like, I don't think so. He's like, well, can I at least get my phone back? And she says, I don't think so. And she hangs up. And then 
Phoebe and Prue are both laughing and Phoebe starts dialing and Prue asks what she's doing and she says, I'm calling Tokyo. (laughs) I love that. That was such a cute little sister moment, them on the couch doing that. I know, and the way she's like leaning to listen to the phone call too, (laughs) like it was really cute. And then they're just being like, no, I don't think so. I don't (laughs) think so. Just goofing around with each other. So cute. Yeah. Love that, especially from Prue and Phoebe. Yeah, and I will say, you know, with this little scene, I'm interested to see where the Jack and Prue storyline is going as we finish off this episode. Me too. I kind of like, I kind of like their dynamic, their little, like, they obviously have some sort of connection heat between them, but at the same time, they just like mess around with each other kind of thing, like annoy each other. playful about it. Yeah. And I think that maybe after everything that happened with Andy, this might be what Prue needs. Something that's not so serious, something that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Okay, so now we are on to the final scene of the episode, and we're back at the hospital. And Phoebe is bringing flowers into a room, and then Eric walks in, and he said that he's looking for a doctor to sign some insurance papers. She tells him that that doctor's in the sunroom and he thanks her. And he's like, you're Phoebe, right? I'm Eric Bragg. I think I saw you the other day at the park. And she's like, oh, right. Like, how, how's your dad? And Eric says that he's almost back to himself again. And he says, I remember you were really sweet to him when he was in here. Not many people would have bothered. You must be an angel. And she says, no, I'm not an angel, but I could probably introduce you to one if you'd like. <laughs> And then they smile at each other and you can kind of see in her face that she gets a little deja vu after that. And then they look at each other for a minute and he starts to leave and then turns back and says that he has no idea where the sunroom is. And she kind of just like they leave together. She shows him where it is. Yeah, I like this. This cute little flirty ending that call back to their words from earlier in the episode. Um, I like that. And at the end where she's like, it's a little complicated. Maybe I should draw you a map. (laughs) Yeah, that was cute too. (laughs) Like, I get it. But yeah, no, I thought it was a really cute little ending. Cute way to wrap it up. Even if they don't remember exactly what happened, they still have that little. Like that connection's still there, even though their minds are wiped. Exactly. They still got that little bonding. So overall, a good episode. I mean, I feel like we didn't get too much like long-term I don't know I mean I guess we kind of developed Jack and Prue a little more and Dan and uh, Piper but aside from that I feel like there wasn't too much in this episode that kind of pushes us forward you know yeah this one was a little more of a standalone but it was really cute and I mean we're on such a hot streak with season two right now like I'm loving these episodes and I mean I feel like I don't have as much to kind of really tear apart. Like there are some things that are a little cliche, a little too cutesy, but like it works and it's really well done. And I loved this episode. No, me too. I I definitely did. I feel like, like you said, it was definitely more of a standalone episode, but I have no problem with that. I mean, we've all of season two so far has just been like hit after hit. It's, I didn't remember how good it was, you know? Me either like how many good episodes were in it and I will say that some of the storyline in this episode where they're talking about feelings with their dad 
does connect to the next episode without getting into any spoilers for that episode. It does talk a lot about their mother and their feelings about their mother. So I like that those parental relationships come up in both this episode and the next one. And the next one. Yep, I agree. Very excited. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com and join us back next time for season two, episode eight, P3H2O.